Hello, friends. Welcome to our podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. If you haven't done so before, go ahead and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Point of View Pod and on Twitter at podcast underscore POV. And if you're looking for a fun, positive Star Wars community to be a part of, be sure and join our Facebook group, and you can find us at A Certain Point of View Discussion Group. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Before we get started on our episode today, I just wanted to let you know that this is going to be a spoiler-heavy episode. We are continuing our series on why we love Star Wars, and today's episode is going to focus on Return of the Jedi. You have probably seen that already, but also at the beginning of the episode, we do talk about some Clone Wars with spoilers in there as well. So there's your spoiler warning. Enjoy the episode, and may the Force be with you. So what I told you is true. From a certain point of view. Hello, Hello there. there. Many boffins died to bring us this podcast. Welcome to a certain point of view. I am Michael. <laughs> I'm Ben. And this is a Star Wars podcast. And that third voice that you heard is the Drew Miller. What's up, dude? <laughs> Hello there, everybody. Uh, just oh, I've already told you all before we got started. I'm I'm so nervous, but I'm incredibly excited to get involved with this and start contributing. Uh, just, ooh, I'm excited, dude. We're so glad to have you on. Um, if y'all, if you guys don't know who Drew Miller is, he is he's been one of our most loyal listeners to the podcast from the beginning, and he's also a frequent contributor to the uh, to the Facebook group as well. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, when we were talking about, I know for a fact because of our posts and stuff that Drew is an appreciator of Return of the Jedi. And so when we were talking about doing this episode, I was like, I think that we should ask Drew. And so, um, so he's here with us and we are so thrilled to have him. So Drew, Heck yeah. so Drew, why don't you go ahead and just tell us kind of, um, no pressure, just tell us your Star Wars like why do you love Star Wars? What happened to make you love it? Your kind of journey to where you are now? It's a pretty simple journey and it ties in perfectly with the theme of Star Wars. The theme of Star Wars is family. You and Ben have said it a thousand times, plus all the other people that are on the podcast. It's it's really about family. Mm. And that's how my Star Wars story is. Uh when we were younger, I was in second grade, I believe, and we got the news that Phantom Menace was coming out. And I had not seen any Star Wars movies. My dad, he saw them all originally in theaters. And he said, oh my goodness, they're making a new Star Wars movie. So we went immediately when he heard the news. We went and bought the remastered editions (laughs) or whatever was out at that time on VHS. Mm -hmm. We bought Star Wars Trilogy. And he sat me and my brother down and we watched 4, 5, 6. He didn't tell us a thing. We were shocked by the Vader reveal, everything. It was perfect. And then... uh, it took us the next day. We watched them all in one day. It was during the summer. And uh, we watched them all in one day. The next day, he took us and we got some Legos. And it just started from there. So it was a family thing. So uh, we went to the theaters on my brother's birthday and all watched Phantom Menace together. Then we watched uh, Attack of the Clones all together. The only movie we didn't all see together was Revenge of the Sith because of some work-related um, schedules and whatnot. And then we saw all the prequel, sorry, all the sequels together we seen together. We've seen uh, everything but Rogue One, everything but Solo, and Revenge of the Sith. We all seen and experienced for the first time together, 
and uh, yeah, just my dad introduced him to it. He was an original fan. He watched it back in high school, and uh, that's that's really what it is. It's a family thing. Now I've got a young niece and nephew mm. that are starting to show a little bit of interest, but they're not ready to appreciate it fully just yet. But they're close. They're really close. And I also have another niece and nephew in Texas, my wife's uh, niece and nephew. And uh, they're fifth, sixth grade, and they just love it. Every time we go down there to visit them, they'll pop in one of the prequels. They'll pop in just something, just Star Wars all the time. It's a family deal. I'm obsessed with it. And <laughs> I, just lo- I just love it. That's the basic way I can say that. I just love Star Wars, and that's my journey. It started as a shared family interest that we all just kind of grew in and loved all together all this time. Dude, that's... I love, love it, it, man. That's pretty similar to ours, except, I mean, you know, we didn't go see the movies all as a family. Uh, we went and saw a couple, but yeah. my my parents, uh, my mom appreciates it more than my dad, I think. Um, <laughs> I know you probably heard on the podcast, Ben has talked about watching Revenge of the Sith in the theater with my dad, and he fell asleep, so. <laughs> like, during oh. Order 66, like, he fell oh asleep. Oh, my goodness. So it's fair to say, oh. Dad. Dad really doesn't care. Although he did like the Mandalorian, which is cool. So, um, okay. So I know because of what you've been posting, and you actually told me you just got done watching the Clone Wars for the first time. Yes. Um, and you, I told you to save it for the podcast because I really wanted to hear your thoughts on the podcast. So. Tell us, because you just watched the whole thing, not just season seven. You watched all the way through for the first time. So please tell us your journey with the Clone Wars. And, uh, you know, Ben and I are always down to talk some Clone Wars for a little bit before we get going with the Return of the Jedi stuff. Oh, yeah. The first question I got to ask is, how do they make an animated show that stinking good? I know, man. Dude, it's so good. Start with the basics. The animation is great from start to beginning mm-hmm. like it gradually got a little better but it was never bad right sometimes you watch an animated show and you can really see the progression between the last season and the first season like uh, they really start a week it was strong from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, the voice acting consistent strong from the beginning uh i know he wasn't in it the whole time but uh the guy who did maul oh, uh, whitwer sam, yeah, whitwer sam whitwer oh my gosh yeah. uh killer I mean, I was used to, you know, Ray Park, Maul, of course. live action. Then you see Whitworth and you hear his performance, and it's unbelievable, especially when I know now that he did the voice uh, in Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know and that I was either. Like, okay, <laughs> it worked. It makes perfect sense. And uh, uh, Ashley Eckstein, who did Ahsoka Tano, uh, she just killed it. She brought a lot of energy to the performance. I honestly thought Ewan McGregor was Obi-Wan the whole time. It sounded just like him. No. Nope. Um, the guy that did the guy that did Anakin as well. It's like, that's not them? Nope. That's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that it's so great. Um the storytelling, the animation, how y'all said it was more of like a villain of the week type vibe where there was arcs and there was a couple fillers and then you know over overall each season does integrate but it doesn't just run back to back with the exception of a few. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. It was Wow, and as far as like Star Wars, uh, the callbacks, uh, the references, the other, the other films. I mean, mm-hmm. you introduce Bosk, uh, you have young Boba Fett, mm-hmm. Tarkin, all sorts of characters that I did not expect to see coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, just wow. I love that Citadel arc with Tarkin, um, where Anakin and Tarkin like kind of get along and respect each other. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> They got along, but everybody else wanted to kick Tarkin down to the lava pit. Yeah. Everyone else hated him except Anakin. Anakin's yeah. like, I, you know what? I kind of respect and agree with him. <laughs> so I this like guy's got good it ideas. 
Um, Kevin Kiner with a soundtrack. I'm a Ooh. huge soundtrack and music junkie. I have no formal music training. I, you know, I'm self-taught with music, but I have a really good ear for it. I like to think for myself. You could have fooled me 90% of the time thinking that was John Williams. Mm. Uh, it was just so good. It, was, it, it showed originality for what Kevin Kiner wanted to put into Clone Wars. But at the same time, it was so respectful and drew from the root of what Star Wars music is that it was perfect. It was yeah. just something else. The characters, I could I could go on a long time talking about how much I enjoyed Clone Wars. <laughs> Dude, I mean, obviously we could too. Let's just specifically talk about, give me your thoughts on the final four episode arc. I set jaw agape <laughs> most of the time. It was like when yeah. I watched Revenge of the Sith in ninth grade. That was a really fantastic moment. My, my best friend's dad took us. Me and him, we, we skipped school that day, mm-hmm. watched it. And I just sat there jaw agape during you know, Order 66 and the Battle over Coruscant and everything like that. It was the exact same emotion and feeling I had that day watching those final four episodes. Mm-hmm. And I know how it ended, obviously, because I've seen the movies. But I still sat there wondering, like, is, is Rex really going to kill her? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I forgot that it was Fives that had his inhibitor chip you know, out. And I was like, what's going on with yeah. Rex? It was just... I was still sitting there on the edge of my seat. Just like, what's going to happen next? And mm-hmm. uh, I love the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, Bo-Katan is an incredible character. I like seeing her and Ahsoka mm-hmm. work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maul, his involvement. But how it tied in directly so perfectly to episode three with even some of the dialogue between Mace Windu and Yoda during the movie, during their little council meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Ahsoka, she was having visions, and she could hear the confrontation between Master Windu, Palpatine, and Anakin yeah. going on. It was tied in so incredibly perfectly that I was just... It was like experiencing the movie all over again, but from a different point of view, and it was wonderful. And the final scene where Vader shows up on whatever planet they crashed on, he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber and he ignites it and he sees all the clone trooper helmets lined up there in the snow. I was like, wow. <laughs> you can't end a series any better than that. Yeah. In my opinion. It's just... Because you know it ended that, but we, we know it continues. That's what's so wonderful about it. And for someone who hasn't seen Rebels like me, it's still a mystery of where Ahsoka and Rex and everybody else are and everything. It's, it's a wonderful mystery. I just... Those final four episodes, it was a... I mean, if if that's all season seven was, I love the Bad Batch. They were incredible. I did too. Uh, but if it was just those final four episodes, if that was all season seven was, we still win as Star Wars fans. It was Absolutely. wow. Mm-hmm. I was just actually before you before I called you, I was watching. I started to watch the final arc again just because uh, I had a little extra time before we started. And I was just like, this music, man, it's just so good. It's just so good. God, what do you say we get going with what we actually want to talk about today, which is Return of the Jedi? Sound good to y'all? Yeah. Okay. I am ready. For those of you who don't know, we are doing we are continuing our series of why we love Star Wars today. Uh, we've done several episodes on that before. We kind of took a little break from it. We are continuing it today with Return of the Jedi. Um, we had Josh Mesker on to do um, Empire Strikes Back about a month ago, I guess, and it was awesome. And um, But yeah, so today we're having Drew on to do Return of the Jedi, and um, I could not be more excited because 
y'all know from based on our last episode where we ranked the episodes uh, or all of the Star Wars movies, this is my favorite. This is my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, there are so many reasons why, and I talked about it extensively in the last episode, but from the, you know, I love, I personally love the Jabba stuff, the, that, that whole like first third of the movie, the first act. It's so fun to me. It's kind of like a Clone Wars episode, but like mm-hmm. obviously not in the Clone Wars, but it's kind of a episode of a show or something. And then you get into the meat of the movie after that where they're just rescuing Han. And I freaking love it. I think it's so much fun. Anytime we go to Tatooine, pretty much I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets into you know the rest of the movie where they are going to uh, Endor and – or the forest moon of Endor. And then, uh, you know, you got all the throne room stuff and the space battle. It's just so good. And so I just wanted to kind of talk about that with you guys and just talk about why do we love this movie so much? Why, what makes it, um, one of, I don't remember, Ben, I don't remember how high you had it. You don't generally have this one super high. Um, Um, but I think that this one was, I don't have my list around here. Um, I believe it was number Three or four? Okay, that is pretty high. Yeah, so four. this one... I think it was four, but anyways. This this one, is, we all have it ranked in our top five then, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, it, was, so, it was number two for me. So yeah, 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 yeah. So um, let's go around, and I just want to hear... We'll start with Ben. Ben, why, why do you love this movie? What makes it stand out to you? As far as... I don't know. I think this one feels the most like an adventure for me. Mm. Like this one has that really great, just heroic feeling, you know? And I think that a lot of star Wars movies have that, but I mean, almost all of them do, but I think this one just captures that feeling of like, we got all of our heroes together going on an adventure. It's going to be great. You know, like it captures the feeling that, um, that you need a, movie that's ending a trilogy to to have you know it's got a lot of energy it's got a lot of fun it goes to some different places and the overall the way that all of the action is shot in this one is so exciting and it's so um it's visceral the Mm -hmm. like we've talked about how good the space battle is in this movie um it's still one of the best space battles ever um it's just I don't know man this movie is very special it's got a lot of nostalgia tied to it for me because I think of the original trilogy whenever I was growing up this was probably the one I watched the most simply because of that you know it, it was really fun it was full of hope it um Empire even though it's higher on my list now um I did not watch much as a kid because of how dark it was this one felt like it had a light in it you know this one felt like it had a lot of hope even though it also is the one where Yoda dies which made me cry every time. Mm. So, um, I love this movie, man. I think that it's got some of my favorite feelings I get watching star Wars are when I'm watching this movie. Love it. Drew, how about you, man? It's hard to follow Ben because his thoughts (laughs) on that are, they're incredibly similar to mine. It's a fun movie. The whole, like I said, the whole team is ready and going together at the first of the movie, other than Han still being frozen in carbonite, but he's there. <laughs> he's and there. They get him out relatively quick. <laughs> he's there. He, according to Harrison Ford, he nearly wasn't there, but I'm glad he was. I am we too. have that, thankfully. 
so glad. I love I love Han Solo. He's one of my all-time favorite characters. He's just incredibly mm. relatable. But I'll go back to the movie itself here. You got them all together. They're on an adventure. They separate. Yoda go back, goes back to Dagobah for his, you know, wrapping up part of that journey. And there's incredible dialogue there that I hope we get to dive into later. I have it ready to go here. We will. Um, <laughs> they, they, they team back up together again. Go to the forest moon of Endor. And then that final, the third act of the movie, where there are three different battles going on that you see great equal amounts of. Like Ben said, it's, it's an adventure the entire movie. There's some slow spots, but it's... It's filled with so much incredible dialogue. You sit there glued to it. Mm-hmm. So nothing nothing changes. There's there's no slow and boring parts of this movie for me. Um, what I love about Return of the Jedi is it's a story of redemption. Mm-hmm. But it's also a story of revelations and a little bit of revenge. Which makes me think of how this movie was nearly titled Revenge of the Jedi. And how it works perfectly. Yep. And that that's one thing I love about it. Um uh, the soundtrack uh, from this one has some of my all-time favorites. Uh, the music from the Pit of Carcoon battle. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I listen to Star Wars music all the time while I'm driving. <laughs> I, I drive commercially a lot of the time. And I'll just pull up a Spotify list of Star Wars music and just, I know what this is from. I can see this part playing in my head. <laughs> and all the music from Return of the Jedi, I can see the movie in my head going at the same time. That's mm-hmm. one thing I love about it as well. Um, the final battle, uh, sorry, not the final battle, but the uh, the celebration music at the end with the Ewoks. That is my alarm clock. <laughs> probably half the days of the year. I love it. I have it. I have like thirty different Star Wars soundtracks on my phone, and a majority of them are Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll go along with what Ben said. I watched it probably the most as a child until the prequels uh, came out, and even then, I still watch Return of the Jedi all the time. It's the most fun. Uh, and it just how it wraps up the, the redemption of Darth Vader mm-hmm. and back into Anakin Skywalker. Just I've never seen anything else like that in another movie series. Um, I know they try to do that a little bit with Kylo Ren, but he only had three movies. Vader has six, where you see his full journey, <laughs> and just the way they—I can't disagree or complain about one way that they handled it and how the movie. I know we like to think it's about Luke, but you could argue that. Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi could be about Vader as well. Because he got his revenge on Palpatine, if the movie was named that. And he returned to being a Jedi, Mm -hmm. you know, came back from the dark side. Mm -hmm. That's just, I I just have so many good thoughts about this movie. It's incredible. And the nostalgia tied to it. uh, I would say, as a child, if I had a toy lightsaber, it was green because of Luke's in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like, it was way cooler than his blue one, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I totally agree. I and, love the green. And when we get into it, I have some pretty good thoughts on the green lightsaber. We'll come back to that. It's next on my oh. list of notes. But as far as why I love the movie, it's redemption, uh, the nostalgia, the soundtrack, and the characters. I mean, Lando was cool in Empire, but you kind of hated him. Now he's General Calrissian, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a a focal part of that final battle. And without him up there piloting the Falcon, who knows how that battle would have ended up? Yeah. Uh, you introduce Admiral Akbar, the Ewoks. We're going to have some Ewok appreciation here today. We don't hate Ewoks here. No, we don't. We love them. We all love, <laughs> we love the, the Ewoks, Ewoks here. We, we love the Ewoks. It's just, just <laughs> overall, I have it up there as far as we, we all agree here. Empire Strikes Back is a perfect movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this isn't far behind it other than some things they did in the remastered editions, yada, yada. You know, we can just overlook those because it's 
a one minute of a two hour and 14 minute movie so we can look past it it's okay just <laughs> yep. i love it <laughs> so what i kind of figured is what if we just uh take it we don't have to take it an act at a time like lib- like really strictly but like i figure why don't we just start talking about the first act where they're rescuing han from jabba's palace and then you know we can go our thoughts can go wherever from there but like we can kind of take it an act at a time loosely um, th- mm-hmm. Just to give us a little bit of a structure to our talk. So, what do y'all? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so at the beginning of the movie, by the way, this movie is not directed by George Lucas. Although, let's be real, it, it kind of was. Um, but Richard Marquand is the director of this movie, and uh, and obviously starring all of our uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Peter Mayhew, Ian Mc. Dermid as the Emperor. Uh, we have James Earl Jones, Frank Oz, David Prowse, Alec Guinness, Sebastian Shaw. John Williams did the music, of course, and I just wanted to give everybody their credit in this movie because I love it. And um, so we start off at the beginning of the movie. We start off kind of s- pretty similar to how A New Hope starts off. Um, with our our two droids, R two and three PO, just wandering on t- on Tatooine, um, and so uh, they are going to Jabba's palace, and they're carrying a message from Luke. And um, I gotta say, one of my favorite things about this act is like at first you're like, what are th- what's going on here? Like what what are they doing? I don't I don't really understand what's happening. But then um, you see. Solo on the wall, the reveal is awesome. The music at that part is amazing. Mm-hmm. And and then you see them take uh, – you see them take – wait, I'm trying to – I think I have this backwards in my head. But what I love is you see the reveal that um, that – Lando is there and he like pulls his mask down so you can see his face and it's like oh the whole gang's here and yeah so I just love seeing the the puzzle kind of come together and it's just it's just such a fun adventure if I'm thinking like this is the most Indiana Jones-esque section of Star Wars really like yeah. it's so it is an adventure it's I love the 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 feel that Tatooine gives the really really gritty grimy and you have God you have Jabba and his minions and his these bounty hunters it, it's just mm-hmm. kind of gross <laughs> at certain points yeah and, uh, and uh, gosh I I just love I love this part it's kind of it's kind of weird especially going from it's a complete tonal shift going from Empire Strikes Back to this scene or this section of Return of the Jedi. It's just really, really kind of bizarre, but it's mm-hmm. in that Star Wars world. It's in, it's it's just really unique and I love it. Um, ben, what do you love? Of, do, you, do you love this part even? Do you think it even really belongs in the movie? Because I will say a lot of people say that this movie feels like it's kind of a, it kind of doesn't belong in the movie. It's almost like, um, kind of like I said, it's kind of like a, a Clone Wars episode leading into the main part of the movie. I personally feel like it's great in the movie, um, but I can see the argument. So Ben, what do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I've, I've always loved it. I've, I've always thought it was really, really fun. Um, 
I do feel like when I was younger, I kind of wished that it wasn't there, and it was mostly because it was kind of gross, and I felt like my parents <laughs> thought it was really weird, too, whenever, like, you know, weird aliens are singing and dancing and stuff, and I was like, I was like, you know, I, I love Star Wars, don't make me turn it off, please. <laughs> and they didn't, but I mean, like, it was always like, I always felt awkward watching it as a kid. Um, I was always like, oh God, I'm going to be in trouble because I think that I'm watching this because this, these aliens are kind of cute or whatever. But uh, <laughs> that is a, beside the point. Um, I personally, I, I mean, I really enjoy the movie. Uh, I mean, the... Um, I enjoy that whole section of the movie. I don't think, I think that people give it too much crap for like being there. I really don't think it detracts from the movie at all. Um, I can understand why people might think that it like, it's, it's weird for pacing reasons and stuff like that. But like at the same time, I mean, you get this and you compare it to how, Rise of Skywalker started, for instance, and I'm, I much prefer the overall experience of this and the pace of this and the actual purpose that this is, um, that this gives to the movie, you know, because mm. it's like we have to get Han back. Like that's that's really important. The last movie ended with us losing Han. First off, let's get the gang together. You know, like I like that they start off that way. Um, and it's really fun. It it brings your attention in on the characters and all this stuff. And it gives you some nice feelings of like, Oh man, Tatooine again. Kind of like you said, Michael of like, it reminds you of a new hope in a way because you're like you're following the two droids on Tatooine, like all of that. Um, and it kind of brings you back to that moment. And you know that this is the final one of the trilogy. And I think that that's a really fun way to do it. Um, is it a little weird and unnecessarily gross? Yeah, Star Wars is. Um, but <laughs> I personally, I think it belongs in the movie. I love it. I think that um, parts of it are really funny, too. Like, I love whenever that guy cries that his rancor died. Um, <laughs> and all of that. I think it's really great, man. I think I think it's, it's, it's a part of the movie that I always remember, and I think is really, like, that whole fight scene where they're escaping Luke like has the lightsaber shoot out of R2 and he catches it and everything it's just magic you know it's it's wonderful I love it I love how you said unnecessarily gross because <laughs> yeah. that's so true the, did they have to have once he kills the rancor did he did he have to go <laughs> like have that gross choking sound like yeah no they did not have to do that but they did and it's awesome yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it whimpered like a dog it was like <laughs> like a dog <laughs> it's 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 a part of the reason and i mean i know i'll get crap for this but i don't care um it's part of the reason that i love the i i actually love the part in last jedi where luke is like milking that thing and then drinking it real quick or whatever because it for me it literally continues this weird legacy that star wars has of having unnecessarily gross things in it and i was just like it fits for me you're not <laughs> like, wrong there dude i'm not gonna lie i just watched it recently again still love that movie uh the last jedi and when it gets to that part every time i just can't help it i'm like i just go Oh God! It's just it is it is a special brand of gross, man. It's it just is. so weird. 
I will take that level and type of grossness over like poop humor, like they tried to do in Phantom Menace. Yeah, oh. yeah. I'll take that any day of the week, and I love Phantom Menace. Um, but I will take that kind of like unnecessarily weird, kind of gross alien esque humor. Yeah. You know, Jabba eating the frog. I yeah. agree. While it's like screaming. <laughs> the frog is screaming, and he's eating it. Gosh. <laughs> yep. But Drew, oh. Drew, what is your thought uh, in general at the first third of the movie? Details. I like to go back and watch movies for details. Uh, I'm a big Marvel Cinematic Universe fans, and I just sit there and I'm like, oh, let's look for details here. Let's look for details here. Star Wars is what got me on that. I was watching it today. I noticed two characters in Jabba's Palace that I'd never noticed before. <laughs> ba- Bosk and Dengar are there. Mm-hmm. Whenever really? Luke gets knocked into the Rancor pit. Or when it, whenever the little dancer girl gets knocked, and I don't remember, is when somebody fell into the pit. Um, Bosk and Dengar are standing right there to the left. I was like, I never noticed them before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the details of it, and I think as far as it opening the movie, it finally it, it comes back and revisits Jabba. We, we saw him in A New Hope. He's referenced quite a bit, you know, because of how, how dangerous, how much money Han owes him. Now we see him and his whole criminal empire and the people he has around him. We're like, you know what? We had reason to be afraid this whole time. This is terrifying. How would I feel if I was imprisoned by Jabba and he dropped me in the pit to fight this giant monster? You know, it's it's horrible. Also, you know, Boba Fett's standing over here and he could just zap me if he wanted to. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the details in it. Yeah. Um, other than the alien singing scene, which I'll be honest, I fast forwarded through earlier because I was trying to just I was trying to skip the movie to get to certain parts to take notes. I was like, you know, what? I can skip this today. Do you know what I did at that I, part today? I sang it. I sang it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sang the to. whole thing. <laughs> the, the little weird, like, uh, honeycomb I don't know, guy, the, the, the main singer, the yeah, not the, guy. yeah, the honeycomb guy. Oh, not the weird <laughs> lip monster that was in one of the worst Clone Wars arcs with Zero the Hut. Oh, not that little monster. Like, make her go away, and it's not as bad. Yeah, um, I agree. I like, I like how everybody's kind of sitting there. You see that little, uh, it's it's called a Kowekian monkey lizard. That little pet that Jabba has that laughs all the time. Uh-huh. It's sitting there, you know, it's sitting there bopping its head to the music, and you're just like, you know what? I've entered. It's kind of like in the Force Awakens when they go to uh, they go to Maz's uh, little cantina thing. Yeah, and there's music playing. And the aliens just kind of sitting there and bopping their heads. It looks gross and smelly in there, but it's like that's that's Star Wars. Yeah. It's not it's not Earth, you know. But then again, you can go to a gas station around the corner from my house. It probably smells and yeah. sounds every bit as horrible there. So. You know, sure. you, you take the good with the bad. But the details in this scene. Yeah. Um, first off, the fact that they had animatronic Jabba. The special effects. First off, the special effects in this movie. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible as far as, like, yeah. it's, it's aging. There's You don't have to go back and touch up some visual effects. It's it's great. Um, the use of the... Pre- there's a little bit of CGI at a couple points. Like, I can tell, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not any worse than Garfield with Bill Murray. <laughs> and that was 30 <laughs> years later. Yeah, you know it's it's Garfield. not worse, but the, 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 which I never watched, but it's CGI. <laughs> the details, um, like I said, when Lando kind of leans on the corner, kind of pulls oh, yeah, his yeah. mask up and kind of looks over, you're like, okay, that's Lando. He's got a good disguise going on. I, I kind of couldn't tell at first, I'll be honest. Then pulls his mask down and got it. Um, when Leia shows up as uh, Bosch, I think was her like bounty hunter name, and pulls out the thermal detonator, you're like. I got to shout out Leia here. She is a 
She's a bad woman. Yeah, she is. She <laughs> is tough. Her and Luke both threaten Jabba. We have powerful friends. You know, mm-hmm. you'll regret this. You'll mm-hmm. die. They don't call in an airstrike from a X-wing. She gets up in there and kills dude herself. She's just, yeah. you know, I'm tired of being in this metal bikini. You're gonna die, you <laughs> huge worm. Yeah. Yep. Leia is. I mean, she comes in. That's not a fake thermal detonator. I'm sure if she wanted to blow somebody up, she would have. Sure. Mm-hmm. Leia doesn't play around, especially when it comes to her, her man Han. And I just wanted to give Leia a shout out. She's actually one of my favorite aspects of this movie. And yeah. when she enters there, um, old video game, Masters of Terrace Kasi. It was like a fighting game. It was on PS1, I think. Um, mm. She was a the Bosch. That was like a playable character on there as well oh, as nice. like Leia with a double bladed like orange or yellow lightsaber. It was really cool. Interesting. <laughs> That's just that's a little that's a little rabbit trail I could chase yeah. all day and little Star Wars details, but like I said, it's details. The music from the Pit of Carcoon is some of my favorite. Um, when Luke first ignites that green saber, and he's just like he just looks at it like grinning, like yeah, this is this is sweet. <laughs> Look what I got. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Michael's favorite death scene in all Star Wars: Boba Fett being knocked into the pit. <laughs> um, I know it's your favorite. Um, it's, it's, I hate it. I was like, man. I was like, couldn't like have couldn't Chewy have like I don't know like blasted him or something? You just like kind of accidentally got knocked in by a blinded <laughs> Han Solo. I'm like, it's oh, one of those really? things. You have to- <laughs> it, it's one of those one of my like pet peeves in a movie is when someone accidentally does something that works out really well. And you know what I mean? Like like Jar Jar or Anakin in The Phantom Menace. I know we're kind of crapping on Phantom Menace right now, but there's there's several bad things about it. Um, But But it's using it to elevate Return of the Jedi. Exactly, exactly. But that's that's what happens here. It's like, why couldn't you have, like, man... Have Boba and Han square off in an epic battle of humans? Like, like why? Why in the world would it? Wouldn't you do that? Instead, half blind Han is just like, oh, my bad, Boba, <laughs> and then he screams, hits the side, and rolls in. It's it's really it's really quite unfortunate the mm-hmm. the, the death of of Boba Fett. Um, I would appreciate him more if he didn't die that way. Honestly, yeah, yes. Um, An- yeah. Go ahead. Another detail that I wish we would have gotten was um, the deleted scene of Luke creating his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to have seen that because it's something we never got to see other than the Clone Wars. They gave us a good bit of people making their own lightsabers. That would have been real. Imagine being in a the theater and like seeing him make a new lightsaber and then when it popped up as green for the first time, I'm like, whoa, they only had two colors last movie. What's going on? Yep, right. Uh, yep. Which makes me think of, I know it's kind of legends, not necessarily canon now, but the color lightsaber that a Jedi Knight uses is indicative of how they approach and use the force, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this is me overanalyzing a movie, but it's something I like to do okay. in my stage of life. I love to analyze. I don't just like to watch a movie just like, hey, whatever. I'll do that with a movie that's not very good, you know. Uh, but movies I love, I like to analyze. <laughs> yes, Fast and Furious. Just sit there and watch it until it goes off and play on your phone. Whatever. It's fun. It, it's fun. <laughs> there are movies that are built to do that. Just literally watch for fun. But then there are Put movies the cube like in this. my chest. <laughs> right. That's all it's for. Um, when Luke changes lightsaber colors, okay. Blue is the lightsaber color of a Jedi Sentinel. They rely on physical combat and their saber prowess more than their force powers. Uh, correct me Green. if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Real quick. I thought Go blue ahead. was guardian. You're right about the description, but I thought blue was guardian and yellow was sentinel. 
I could be wrong. The website I looked at could be nuts. So okay, no, oops. you're fine. No, your, your description, <laughs> no. your description was totally correct. I just wanted to. I, I've Knights of the Old Republic is something I've played like a million times over, and so I just it is different to make sure. on there. Okay. It is different on there because they have different classes. They have like. Uh, uh, I love Dunce Hill Public. I'm playing through it right now before I start so good, Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. It just came in the mail. I'm so oh, excited nice. for Fallen Order. Um, so he changes from blue, which is yes. physical combat instead of powers, to green, which it relies more on the powers than the saber combat. And you see, and it's is it because he is now a different type of Jedi, or does he just have a different color saber? You see him use more force powers. You even see him t- tap into some dark powers and dark side energy. Um, he force chokes a dude... 15 yep. minutes into the movie, yep. and you're like, whoa, that's a Vader thing. You better chill out there. Um, it also could just be because he's had more training and a more powers, but part of me likes to think he changed to a different type of Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. and his color lightsaber changes a reflection of that. And he's also wearing like all black for this movie, which is yes. also unique for a Jedi. Um, I have a I have a thought at the uh, near the end of the movie regarding that, but I know you mentioned it when the door to Jabba's palace opens and it's just like that silhouette of Luke and it's like, oh, oh, this is... And it's, there's like no music. It's just kind of like eerie. And he comes up and just starts force choking that pig guy. And it's like, oh, this is... I just love it. Yeah. The, the first act is the first act is good to me. Um, it, the pacing is fair, especially when you compare it to Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. It starts, a little bit of action, dialogue, slow it down, some action... Then, boom, you got the pit of Carcoon. Mm-hmm. And when it ends there, I think that's kind of like the closing of the first act. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I like it a lot, personally. I do too, and, man. And it it kind of, like I said, it ties in another era or area of the Star Wars universe that you've not seen before. You've just heard about, but now you've seen it, experienced it. So it, it's worth it for that alone. Yeah. Just for universe building and planet built world building, like we say, George Lucas was the king of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So from there, we go that we our heroes kind of go their separate ways. Uh, you have um, Luke and R2 kind of split off. Um, Luke is in his X-Wing and he goes to uh, he goes to Dagobah to see Yoda because he's got a promise to keep from an old friend. And then uh, the rest of the crew goes off to meet with the Alliance. Um, and so. Y'all, we got to talk about this Yoda scene because, again, Yoda is like, okay, you know how in, in, in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda is basically, basically Yoda sets up everything we know about the Force for the entire Star Wars everything in, like, one scene <laughs> because of his dialogue. Like, he he just spits out so much lore spits out so much wisdom and so many things about the force that we didn't previously know. And um, in this movie, he kind of kept keeps going with that. <laughs> and we have to talk about it. And I love what one thing I was watching today. And um, I was just like, I love this because Yoda is like about to die. And he is still so sassy. <laughs> and he's still so funny because, you know, he, he's like, look, I'm so old to your eyes. And then he's like, at 900 years old, when you be, will you look as good as me? 
or something yes. like that. And I was like, he is so silly and so sassy. Um, yes, I love that part as well. Yeah, and so he I, honestly reminds me of my father-in-law a lot in that instance. He's an old dude, but just sassy. Got a lot of ear hair going on. Oh, so much ear hair, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> So I love it. Yeah, me too. And he's 900, which is crazy. But yeah, so um, so Yoda, uh, do you you said did you mention that you have the dialogue pulled up? Yes. Okay. Um, not like to play, but I have it copy and pasted on my notes. Here. Right, 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 dude. Why don't you go ahead and do you want to just like read through some of that stuff? I know you had you had a lot to say about it, and I don't have it pulled up with me. So listen, former drama club president here. I don't look like it, but. I will gladly do a read aloud here. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, so first off, I have two. I have three separate little pieces of dialogue here. They're kind of all in the same area, but the first one, Luke and Yoda are talking. And this scene, when I looked, I think it was called Yoda's Twilight or Twilight of Yoda, and I was like, "That's beautiful. Hmm. That's just the name." I like what scenes are named and what soundtracks are named. It tells a story. Yeah. And this one. Luke asks him, is Vader really my father? He's still coming to grips with that. And Yoda tells him yes, and Luke's like, well, that's unfortunate. Why, why didn't you tell me? Or Yoda says, that's unfortunate that he knows. I'm sorry. And Luke says, is it unfortunate that I know the truth? Yoda says, and I quote, no. Unfortunate that you rushed to face him. That incomplete your training was not ready for the burden were you. So Boom. good. So good. And, and let me say this. When he said that today, it really stuck out because, you know, in the prequels, we see the bad side of the Jedi. Like we kind of see we see there's a lot of good and, and the Jedi are awesome in a lot of ways. But there's also a lot of hypocrisy and there's a lot of like kind of the mindset is a little off with the Jedi. And to me. And uh, you saw this in the final arc of the Clone Wars. Dude, Mace Windu is like the picture for me, in my opinion, at least. He's kind of the picture of like what's kind of wrong with the Jedi Order in the prequel era. And, you know, following strictly following the code. And but like at the same time, they are almost to they are to a fault. They are dogmatic and um and they don't there's no gray area at all for like situational like decisions to be made you know and so like so when god when samuel l jackson i'm not samuel l jackson sorry when (laughs) when mace windu is like sorry citizen I like, wanted to throw something I at the did TV too, last man. night. I, I was, saw that. <laughs> I was so I was like, I hate you, Maze Windu. But even in that scene, you see right after that, you see Yoda stay after Mace Windu leaves, and he's like, um, he's he's very loving to Ahsoka. You know what I mean? And he even calls her Padawan. Yeah, he calls her Padawan, and he's so loving. And th- we see this, we see this in Yoda here because, yes, like. It's almost like in Empire Strikes Back, we got the impression that by rule, if you leave right now, you will not become a Jedi. Like that's kind of like the impression that you get when in reality, if you – it's really – if you leave right now, you're going to encounter things that you are not equipped to handle and I don't want you to do that. Yeah. 
And that's what we see here. You see the heartbreak in Yoda as he's saying those words. And I, that whole, even just now, like I watched this movie, I, I honestly, dude, I've probably have watched this movie 200 times in my life, like for real. <laughs> same, and same. I have never really thought about that part all that much. Today I did. Like I find new things in this movie every time. And that one line where Yoda says, um, not ready for the burden were you. I was like, oh, my mm. God. I love it. Um, yeah, Oof. dude, so good. Ben, do you, what do, you, do you have any thoughts on that line? I I love it. I think that this, this part, it just shows Yoda's heart for his, you know, the people that he trains, you mm-hmm. know, his students. Um, he's always had it. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I honestly, I think I'm having a hard time coming up with thoughts because I can't really say it better than you did. Like it's, yeah. it really like, it's so significant. And for this also to be Yoda's last, um, last movie and his, kind of his final moments and stuff, it's, um, it's really powerful stuff. And I love it that he he has always been that he's always been that guy too. You know, he's always been consistent in that. And I think that's amazing, dude. I agree. I agree. Drew, what's the next one you got? Okay. Right after that, uh, Luke says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He apologizes to Yoda. And then Yoda gives his, this is his last line in the movie. Other than, you know, later he comes back, you know, as one with the force, but it's different. It's Last Jedi. Give it a shout out again. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoda says here, and this is some of the best dialogue here because he basically sums up his teachings and then he goes and challenges Luke to carry on what Yoda was about all of his life he sums up his teachings here and challenges his the next generation of Jedi Knights here so this is what Yoda says and I'll get chills reading this Uh, that won't relate to the audio but I will get chills if you can imagine (laughs) it at home (laughs) he says here remember a Jedi strength flows from the force but beware anger fear aggression the dark side they are. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Mm. Luke, Luke, do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor or suffer your father's fate you will. Mm. Luke, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be. Luke, the Force runs strong in your family. And that's the part here where he really, he really passes the torch here. He says, pass on what you have learned, Luke. There is another Skywalker. Mm. <laughs> it's it's we we always talk about how great the dialogue on Dagobah is between Yoda and Luke, and as far as the the building of the Force and what we understand, this is right behind it. Yeah, it's there. Um, when Yoda opens his little green mouth, you better open up and listen because it's just wisdom and sass pouring out a hundred and fifty percent of the time. That's all you're gonna get is wisdom, sass, no complaining, no insult. Just you're getting mm. something you need from him, regardless. And and then, and then right there, if you copy this, remind me, it says there, Yoda dies right after that. Mm-hmm. Just sad. And Luke is just distraught because now he's thinking, I have nobody mm-hmm. but myself. Until he walks right outside and boom, Force Ghost, Obi-Wan Kenobi comes to visit him sitting on mm-hmm. the log. And I love a parallel here. 
Obi-Wan, you know, I guess even old Force Ghost can get tired. He sits on a log. <laughs> and you see Yoda do the same thing in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Kind of in, a, in, in the same moment with Luke yet again. Mm-hmm. Just great parallels of, you know, great directors tying in things. Um, gosh, I got to shout out y'all real quick for helping me with my thoughts for The Last Jedi. Uh, just, <laughs> ooh. We, we can go back in that later in the discussion group. But, man, y'all really helped me. And I, I see now how it ties the the other movies and helps yeah. so he goes outside they have a dialogue about and Luke's mad at he was mad at Yoda Yoda set him straight now he goes out there and he's mad at Obi-Wan mm-hmm. why didn't you tell me Luke you know that Vader was my father that was a lie and you know that's where we get the from a certain point of view line mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <laughs> when I heard that earlier in the movie I was like did I just click play on the podcast I, I couldn't oh tell my gosh. <laughs> I thought it actually started playing it it was great. Hilarious. So they start they start talking and Obi-Wan explains why he didn't tell him. And part of it is, of course, duh, he wasn't ready. Yeah. And then he starts saying, well, it's more than just you, Luke. Um, he tells him that he has a sister. And I'm going to read here the quote between the little dialogue between Obi-Wan and Luke. Obi-Wan says, to protect you both from the Emperor, you were hidden from your father when you were born. The Emperor knew, as I did, if Anakin were to have any offspring, they would be a threat to him. That's huge because mm-hmm. Emperor Palpatine, if one thing he's good at is he, he can identify a threat and he knows how to take care of it. Yep. But he can identify a threat. Obi-Wan continues to say, that is the reason why your sister remains safely anonymous. And then Luke, you see a light bulb, mm-hmm. lightsaber come on above his head. And he's like, he's still sad. All of a sudden he like, he like perks up, he shoots up. He's like, Leia, Leia is my sister. But then Obi-Wan, he's kind of got to throw some, you know, put a cold blanket on him real quick. He says... Your insight serves you well. Bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They do you credit, but they can be made to serve the Emperor. Mm. Mm-hmm. We know later it does, but yeah, gosh, the, the wisdom of Obi Wan showing through there. Yeah, yeah. and and that's not one being of afraid those, just to. Whew. And that's one of those things that can, you can read that and you can hear that as kind of like, oh, here's a Jedi again telling us to not feel anything, but like the reason why he needs to bury the feelings deep down is because he knows Palpatine is going to use that to manipulate the crap out of Luke later. And actually, mm-hmm. it's Vader that does. Um, and o- Obi-Wan saw the Emperor already do this with Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, season 6 of the Clone Wars. I'll go back to it again. Um, that's the reason Palpatine brought the Clovis guy back in the story. Mm. He used Anakin's feelings for Padme to... God cause an issue even that clovis arc is useful just, <laughs> yeah. I, I know and so everybody's like oh the jedi they're not to have feelings or you know you need to learn detachment it's because the enemy can use it against you and obi-wan finally says it like well if we would have known that all along it would have maybe solved some issues mm-hmm. but obi-wan finally you know he tells him why and it's like man that that makes sense and we see it later clearly it does become an issue later yeah. his thoughts yeah yeah Bendy. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> Me too, man. Do you have any thoughts, Ben? Um, I mean, like, I, I, you know, when you were reading that, I don't know that I've ever actually noticed, um, you know, like, like I haven't watched this movie all the way through, I think, in a while. Um, I've watched a lot of clips and stuff like that, but I don't know if I've just, like, sat down and watched all the way through in a while. And, um, I need to. But, um... When you read the line that he says, like, you are the last of the Jedi, or, like, the last of the Jedi you will be, or something like that. And I was just like... The last oh, Jedi. <laughs> I actually uh, didn't catch on to that. Like, <laughs> um, I saw the Star light bulb. Wars, 
I saw the light bulb in your head there when he said that. Everything in Star Wars now, like, makes me go, oh, The Last Jedi. Like, okay. (laughs) This is not about The Last Jedi. I just think it's really funny (laughs) that that movie is, like, ties so many different things in the Star Wars universe. It's, like, together and, like, like calls back different things and in such a classy way that literally I'm still noticing these things like right now as we talk about Star Wars I'm just like I never noticed that that ties into The Last Jedi it's the only reason we keep talking about Last Jedi is because it's like I keep on realizing oh wait this ties into The Last Jedi um (laughs) I'm not trying to like make everybody in the world love it I just keep realizing how many things tie into it um, we just want you to think about it, guys. That's all. Just think about it. Be objective. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, I mean, and we're talking, we're sitting here talking about Luke and Yoda. I mean, dude, Luke and Yoda have one of the greatest Star Wars scenes of all time, in my opinion, in yeah. The Last Jedi. <laughs> and it ties directly to this movie. Like It, it does. That, that scene, tie, like, that scene altogether just really is a huge callback to Return of the Jedi. So, um but yeah, and I think that the this line of dialogue is also really powerful, especially now because now it almost has two meanings, you know, where like you have, um, obviously, I think whenever this was written, it it was talking about um, Leia. I mean, Leia uh, when he said like, "There's another Skywalker," um, but now in a way, it, he could also be talking about Ray. You know, even though it's your Palpatine or whatever. She took on the name <laughs> of Skywalker. Like, that is the identity she assumed. Um, because those were who were, like, like family to her, was Luke and Leia. And so um, I think that that's also, in, a re- in an interesting way, kind of being like, there's another Skywalker, don't worry. Like, there's still hope, like, later on, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um Gosh, I love Yoda. He's got some of the best dialogue in the whole entire franchise. He really does. <sighs> I would pay good money to see Yoda and Uncle Iroh from Avatar have a conversation. <laughs> Dude, that would be am- Dude, have you seen Avatar? The Last Airbender? I have not. I have not. You listen to um, our podcast but- and you have not watched <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> I need, I need to. I've I've never been a big anime guy. Same here. But not at all. Um, but I just keep hearing about how just good this show is, it, and I was like, you know what? I got to give it a shot. Yep. It's, I got uh, to. After Dave Rebels. Filoni, yeah, I was gonna say Dave Filoni directed a lot of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh well. He well he was basically he worked at Nickelodeon and he was on this show uh, mm-hmm. before he got called over to Lucasfilm to start with Clone Wars. He was this that's what he did before. So, oh yeah, because he, th- he thought it was a prank call from the SpongeBob. Guys, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the show he was working on. So, uh, is, he, yeah, fantastic. dude, that show is, and it, dude, it totally takes some stuff from Star Wars as well. It like it, you can see there's things like, oh, that's so Empire Strikes Back. But anyway, mm-hmm. Star Wars. So, okay, this. So we've talked about the Yoda scene. We talked about the Obi Wan scene. Um, do we want? Do we have any stray thoughts there, or are we good to move on to the next section? I think I'm good. I, that was the largest. Yeah. That was the largest portion of my notes was that scene alone. <laughs> um, other than the final battle between Luke Emperor and the uh, Invader. Sure. Um, so I'm re- yeah, I'm I'm good to move on. I got more to go. Awesome. So let's talk about. So basically, 
you know, they're, they all meet the, they're, they come and meet together with the Alliance. And basically we get, I love how Star Wars does these exposition dumps where it's like, this is the plan. This is what we're going to go do. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. It's like a really easy, natural way for them mm-hmm. to give us exposition dumps, but they really seem like, Oh, that would happen. <laughs> like yeah. it's a very natural way. So like when they're just describing everything, uh, to the, to the, uh, you know, to the army and the Alliance and all that stuff, it really makes sense to me. I just noticed, I was like, that is like the most, it's such an easy and simple, but really effective exposition dump for us. Like we needed this, this information and so, so many movies would do this in a really terrible way, but this is done so well. And I really appreciated that scene more, more today for the first time than usual. So basically we find out that Lando is uh, is General Calrissian, and he's going to take the Falcon into battle in space. Um, and then we got you know Han, Leia, Chewie, and the droids going to the to the land. And then Luke says, "I'm with you too." And then he, so he goes with them, and um, which is a great moment, by the way. I love that. Count me in. And then and then when Luke is like, "Count me in," or "I'm with you too," it's just a beautiful moment. I was like. Oh. Even today, mm, watching that's the it. Star Wars magic. That's it, the friendship, the team up, the the family thing. That's it is. That's it right there. It is. And she's she, Leia goes when Leia's like, "What's wrong?" or "What's or like what's going on?" And Luke says, "Ask me again sometime." And it was just like, yeah, uh, such a loving, beautiful moment. And I I love it. I love it so much. These people are family. They really are family, and I love that. Thank you for listening to part one of our two-part discussion on Return of the Jedi. We decided to make this a two-parter because we have so much to talk about in the third act. So please join us next week for part two as we finish out this discussion. Thanks, and may the Force be with you.